You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Granny. My name is Evan Giddings. We're coming at you twice a week. Once the preseason begins, August 13th in Las Vegas, we'll wrap things up to about three episodes per week. Download the Odyssey app to catch all the content. Rate, subscribe to us while you're there. Also, check out the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. Okay, Mark, the last part of this episode did want to focus on maybe not the all the glitz and glam, but some of the things that maybe haven't gone right so far for the 49ers or some signs that you are seeing that would make you a bit concerned. Are there any concerns popping up for you through the first six days of 49ers training camp? Oh, absolutely. There's always got to be something. No team is perfect. And for me, uh, I the think it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go right back to the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's related to the quarterbacks, I guess, in, in one sense, uh, the offensive line. I'm concerned, not necessarily about the starting group, Evan. I've talked a lot this offseason about how the 49ers not going out and really acquiring anyone of starting capability is a, a, an extreme vote of confidence for Colton McKivitz because they believe that at the very least, uh, you know, bang for their buck, that he's their best option at starting right tackle. So I'm perfectly fine just trusting them on that for now. Maybe I get proven wrong. They get proven wrong once the season comes around, but I'm fine trusting them in that regard right now. But where I have some concerns and where I think issues might arise, Evan, is with their depth on the offensive line. Colton McKivitz last year was kind of, you know, the swing tackle. If there was ever an injury to Trent Williams on one side, Mike McGlinchey on the other, who was the guy they called on? It was Colton McKivitz. And he obviously did a good enough job at that role last year and in past seasons that they felt comfortable handing him the starting right tackle job this offseason. Okay, so now he's a starter. Who is your who's your new swing tackle? Injuries are going to happen. This offensive line is not going to start every single game this season. Trent Williams probably will not start every game this season. Colton McKivitz probably will not start every game this season. So who's your new Colton McKivitz, essentially, is the question. And it seems like the leader in the clubhouse is Jalen Moore. Uh, and bad news for 49er fans. On Tuesday, Jalen Moore went down with a knee injury. We don't know the severity. We don't know if he's going to be out a while. We don't know if he'll be back in practice as we're recording this you know, on Wednesday evening, if he'll be back tomorrow on Thursday, we don't really know. But that's not my point. I'm, I'm not saying I'm scared that Jalen Moore is going to miss the first five weeks of the season. I'm just saying behind, behind Jalen Moore, who we still don't really know much about, Evan, the 49ers have very little offensive line depth. And if they get some injuries here and there, I know you can probably make this case for most positions, but I would argue they're at their weakest in terms of depth on the offensive line, 
you don't have the safety blanket of Colton McKivitz to fall back on anymore because he's in your starting lineup. You didn't go out and draft anyone. You got Feliciano, who's more of an uh, inside offensive lineman. Maybe in a pinch he could play some tackle for you. I wouldn't feel too confident in that. But they really don't have a ton of tackle depth, Evan. And if there are injury issues, Jalen Moore is your swing tackle. He can't go. Where do you go from there? I think my biggest concern for this team, Evan, entering the 2023 season, it's offensive line depth. I think that the offensive line as a unit could be, at worst, a middle-of-the-pack unit. I really do, when healthy. But if there are injuries, I don't know what the answer is for this team because that's an area they just refused to address this offseason. They spent big money on the defensive line, shied away on the offensive line. I'm a little worried if things don't go well health-wise, that the offensive line might prove to be a, a really big problem for this team this year. Yeah, I'm 100% with you because not only if Colt McKivitz goes down, but God forbid Trent Williams misses a game or two, Yeah, uh, you're, you're in trouble. And John Feliciano, as much depth as he provides, has been reportedly getting beat like a drum at training camp. And so he has not looked incredible like a guy you would want to fill in for an extended period of time. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like the offensive line right now is not a place that they chose to upgrade in free agency, nor the draft. They didn't take yep. an offensive lineman. So right now you are depleted in many different ways and reliant on the guys in-house. And I, I'm 100% with you. That is a place where the 49ers, I think, are going to be kicking them themselves next or this upcoming season if and when some guys go down, because one thing that they were generally lucky with last year, as we've come to learn in the NFL with injuries, you can never predict them, but the offensive line was largely untouched last season. Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks, um, you know, even Colt McKivitz, but Trent Williams, you know, Mike McGlinchey last year missed, you know, a little bit, but like they were not hit with big injury bugs at the offensive line position. So, I think that that's something that could flip this season. And if it does, they're far less prepared than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, who else do you have on the offensive line? And I know I'm focusing a little bit more on tackles than elsewhere, but beyond, obviously, your starters in Williams and McKivitz, I mentioned Jalen Moore. Beyond that, Leroy Watson. And these are going to be guys that most people haven't heard of. Matt Pryor on the inside. You have Nick Zakelge, also Jason Poe, I don't know if you remember, he was like a training camp darling undrafted last year. Haven't heard a ton about him. Um, now the very real possibility is there's a reason the Niners didn't address their offensive line depth because maybe they feel like they have some diamonds in the rough who just haven't yet had the opportunity to shine. Time will tell. Ultimately, I hope we don't learn a lot about those guys this year because that means, like you said, you have a relatively healthy year on the offensive line. Um, but if I had to pick, uh, I think one spot, one position group, one area where an injury could uh, hurt this team the most, obviously, aside from quarterback, which is the most important position on the field and an injury there makes a bigger impact than really anywhere else. Uh, but I think the one area where the 49ers are the most susceptible, where it would be difficult for them to cover an injury, it's the offensive line. And I don't really think there's a close second for me. Um, so my fingers are crossed that we, we don't get to this point where we have to learn about Nick Zakelge. We have to learn about Jason Poe and company, um, because if that point does come, uh, more likely than not, uh, it's probably not going to be a successful experiment. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, speaking of depth, the 49ers did sign a depth piece on the defensive line, and that oh. is a first round, former first-round pick, Taco Charlton. Great name. On a Taco Tuesday, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it's not a concern, Mark, but I, I do look at what that will mean for not when, I should say, not if Nick Bosa reports to camp and eventually signs his deal, but when. Because I'm also looking around the rest of the NFL, Mark, and Brian Burns, another defensive end, quality one, 25 years old, two Pro Bowls under his belt, has reported to Carolina. Very good. Expecting to get his deal. He hasn't got it yet, but he is also not held out. That's someone that Nick Bosa is going to be looking at to see what money he gets this offseason, I'm sure. But the two guys that also are in the kind of same group that are due for a big extension that have not reported yet to their camps are defensive tackles Christian Wilkins of Miami and the bigger one, Chris Jones, defensive tackle for Kansas City. I believe Chris Jones is going to be the highest paid of the three. And so if you're Nick Bosa, you got that name circled and you're basically waiting for him to stop holding out to get his deal in order to end your own holdout and get your deal. So I don't think necessarily the signing of Taco Charlton is a sign of like, oh, hey, Nick Bosa is not going to be here and we're expecting not to have him. But this holdout, I believe, is going to last longer than a lot of people anticipated. And it's going to determine, it's going to be based on, I should say, the rest of the market. Because if you're Nick Bosa, why are you signing anything before someone that's lesser than you is getting their own deal? Interesting. So I think Nick Bosa is getting, at least up to this point, the the most money per year that a defensive player has ever gotten. It's going to be more than Aaron Donald, in my mind. Probably low 30s. So do you think I, any of those guys, and Kansas City's Jones is probably the, the biggest one, do you think he is getting Aaron Donald type money. Cause in my mind, the money that any of these guys get is not going to be in the Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa stratosphere. So it probably doesn't matter that much to Nick Bosa because he knows he's going to get more than them anyway. Probably not, but Chris Jones is also 29 years old. So he's a bit older that might prevent him from getting a mega deal, but let's say the Kansas city chiefs cash him out. He's coming off a all pro season, four straight pro bowls, just won the super bowl. Second of which, and he was third in defensive player of the year behind, of course, Nick Bosa. And I believe Micah Parsons was the runner up. Yeah. But if Chris Jones get, gets anywhere near Aaron Donald, well, then Nick Bosa isn't just saying, well, I want more than Aaron Donald. Well, okay. If Aaron Donald's making 30, 31, Chris Jones gets high twenties. Then the market hasn't been reset because you haven't gone over the top. But if you're anywhere close to that, I wouldn't consider Chris Jones in the stratosphere of Aaron Donald when he signed his big ass deal. And Nick Bosa is like, I'm 25, man. I got to get paid in the mid thirties. So that's where I think this kind of negotiation financially could take some time. Yeah, maybe you could be right. Uh, you mentioned Micah Parsons as well. Uh, he's going to get a payday coming up relatively soon as well. And Nick Bosa's uh, tenure, we, we all assume uh, Nick Bosa is going to be the highest paid defensive player ever. 
it's probably not going to be too long lasting because whenever Micah Parsons signs, he might sign for more, at least average annual value than Nick Bosa. So it's always interesting how these contracts develop and evolve over years. Like, and I know I'm going to the other side of the football, but Patrick Mahomes quarterback contract. Now what he signed like a 12 year deal a couple of years ago, it already appears to be such a team friendly contract, a bargain now for Patrick Mahomes because he signed such a long contract and you have, uh, the most recent one is Justin Herbert. You're going to get Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and, and all of these others coming up as well. Um, so it's always interesting how things evolve in a couple of years. And we'll probably look back on this Nick Bosa contract, Evan, assuming, uh, knock on what I don't even want to say it, assuming that he is is healthy throughout the, the, the length of his contract. You might look back on it in a couple of years. When Micah Parsons has a gigantic new deal that probably surpasses him and think, well, we were we were a little worried in the moment about how much money we're going to be paying him and and how it might affect our abilities to keep other players. And then you look back on it and say, well, it's actually more team friendly than we might have thought. Yeah, I, I do think there was a thought process of Mahomes to take more of the Brady route than say well i guess rogers just did take a pay cut but gigantic uh deshaun watson like he wasn't trying to maximize the amount of money that he got and to your point he is the seventh highest paid quarterback in the league per annum 45 million a year which is still a lot Uh, but he's going to be eighth once joe burrow signs his contract extension i assume so yeah i don't know maybe nick bosa wants to do the 49ers a favor I highly doubt it. Sign a <laughs> sign an eight year deal and just take less per year, Nick. Come on, we got you. Yeah, eight for two forty. Or <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that works out to about yeah two hundred forty. Regardless, we'll wait to get his cash and then we'll uh, we'll spread the the cheer about Nick Bosa. That'll wrap things up for this episode of the Four One Fivers Podcast. We're coming at you next Tuesday. Please download the Odyssey app, rate, subscribe to us while you were there to get all of our content on the 45, on the 49ers, but the 415ers. And uh, that'll do it for Mark Graney and Evan Giddings. And we'll talk to you next time.